is good everybody welcome back into the blue bloods man as we continue our fcs nfl draft prospect player spotlight and we are joined with my guy ta okada montana state nickelback safety defensive back man he can play it all in the secondary and just had one of the best pro days i think we've seen at the fcs level this season he was a four-time all-conference selection at his time at montana state was one of the leading guys to help them get to the national championship and make multiple runs to the semifinals of the fcs playoffs man Tob, appreciate you joining the show man no appreciate you having me on i'm excited to get this thing rolling I think a lot of people who might probably aren't keeping up with Montana State football, like the diehard fans up in Bozeman, they probably look at you and think, man, three-star recruit, highly recruited coming out of high school, and don't really know that one of the leaders of this defense was a walk-on when he first got to Montana State. Looking back now with some hindsight, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced being a walk-on at Montana State? Yeah, I think early on, just like, you know, I think most walk-ons can attest to this is – you have to prove yourself time and time again over the guys that they're already paying. Right. And so I go out there and I make a play and, you know, another, another scholarship guy maybe doesn't make that same play or isn't, isn't as quick to make in that same play. You got to do that 10 more times before they throw you out there because they're already paying that other kid. Right. And, and that means, you know, they throw you out there, they're putting you on scholarship and essentially they're, they've got two guys now in the same position. Right. And, and those are so highly coveted, at, especially at the FCS level, where we don't have as many scholarships as the FBS guys. And so I think early on, that's kind of some of the, the challenges you face. But but at the same time, I picked a great school in Montana State where, where that school has such a strong tradition of, of having phenomenal walk-ons. And they're not shying away from, from giving walk-on scholarships and opportunities. And, and so from that perspective, it was also a lot easier than I think a lot of other guys have it as well. I think we've all seen the videos on social media. Now, every time someone earns a scholarship, there's a Twitter video, there's a team reaction, a creative way of doing it. Walk me back through just your reaction, the feeling that it uh, that you felt overcome when they told you you were officially going on scholarship at Montana State. Gosh, honestly, I, I wish I could put it into words. It was it was a very quick in a team meeting. Um Coach Choate made it nice, sweet, simple. He was just like, hey, you know, you're on scholarship and you're going to be uh, the captain going into our Texas Tech game back in my uh, redshirt sophomore year. So it was it was an incredible time for myself and my family. I remember giving a call to my brother and my parents and, and just my ultimate support circle that I have there. And and it was an extremely emotion, emotional and exciting time. But But then again, we had a job to take care of at the same time. So it was short-lived, but it was very sweet. The fact that you got put on scholarship and were named captain in the same meeting, I think such a rare a rare feat for anyone to accomplish. But going back to that recruiting class, I don't think people understand how instrumental that 2017 class, those guys who stayed an extra season at Montana State were and really kind of laying the foundation that we see now. People see Montana State now making runs to semifinals, getting to national championships. That always hasn't been the case for this program. Talk a little bit about the relationship between those guys in that 2017 class and how you guys were able to help build one of the top FCS programs in the country right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a historic class in terms of, you know, we have the most wins as a senior class in Montana State history with a lot of extremely great classes. You talk about classes that have gone on to win national championships and and to be able to amass that feat with those guys is incredible because we went through a lot our freshman year we were four and 17 and and, and now to your point we, we've been to the semifinals the last three years in a row now 
and and just to be a part of that and to see a culture shift and and coach Choate laying that foundation and coach vegan bringing that thing along and and, and just seeing that the ship that that thing has turned into and and it's going to continue to produce high caliber players high caliber people and high caliber caliber leaders just just an incredible program and an incredible experience to be a part of with a great group of guys that played an integral role in developing it. When you earn the scholarship in 2019, you go into the season, you finally are out there playing, you, you're living your dream. You, you, you get an unfortunate injury, man, in the middle of the season. It keeps you out for an extended amount of time. I, I, I know how tough it is with injuries, but I don't think enough people talk about the mental aspect of it because you're in college. You're supposed to be a student athlete. Well, that athlete part's taken very quickly. And you can't be on the field with your teammates. Things are very different. Looking back now, how did you mentally prepare yourself to come back knowing that, listen, it's going to be a long process, but I know eventually it will pay off? Absolutely. Just surrounding myself with a great staff and around great people. And, and for me, it was all about taking everything one step at a time, day by day, taking care of the little things. I knew that if I got too far ahead of myself and looked at, okay, you know, I'm only supposed to be, I'm supposed to be back in six weeks when I'm really supposed to be out there with my guys battling with them and, and helping lead this defense, uh, you know, I would kind of lose my focus on where I need to be at at that time. And so taking everything one step at a time, living in the moment, saying, hey, you know, this hour of the day I'm in rehab, this is I'm, I'm taking care of my body. This is what I need to do the next hour and the next hour. And then you just take that one step at a time, day by day. It, it makes those steps a lot easier and you take care of the little things and the big things take care of themselves. And so just being able to stay in that mindset of, all right, well, what's my job now and, and what's going to help me progress and getting back on the field as soon as possible? And that's just mentally that's how I was able to get through it. I got to give you guys a lot of credit because Montana State is one of those programs. There's not a lot of transfers out of the program, especially the top players. We see it all across the country. Transfer portal is crazy. You go through a coaching change. Coach Choate ends up leaving. Brent Vegan comes in. What was the transition like between Coach Vegan moving away from Coach Choate? And what, was, what were some of the differences in the program that you started noticing when he came in? Just, you know, his ability to adapt with us as much as it was us adapting with him and, and him having that, you know, understanding that we had, you know, a, a core group of guys and good leaders and, and, and him obviously putting his own touches on it that helped progress where Montana State was at at the time. It was just a blend of it, it, everything blended and meshed together so well. And so, as you were saying, the retention rate is so high at Montana State because it's so much more than football. Obviously, we've got the best fan base in the country and great facilities and, and phenomenal coaches, but it, it's so much more than just the football there. It's who are you going to turn into as, as a man and as a person after football's over? And, and we put so much value into that. And I think guys realize that and they buy into it and, and it just translates on the field as much as it does off the field. And, and I think people realize it's just such a great place to be not to mention Bozeman's absolutely gorgeous too. It's not a bad yes. place. It's not a bad place to be. I, I will vouch. Listen, I I had a blast up there in my trip to Bozeman. I already got it planned next year. Well, no, two years from now, the Brawl of the Wilds is the game I'm going to. I oh, got yeah. to experience that in Bozeman. I'm going to I'm going to Montana this year to experience it. So we'll okay. see how that goes. I heard that's a great environment as well. But yeah. I talked last year. I talked to Amandre Williams, Daniel Hardy, and, and Lewis Kidd. They said one of the biggest, the toughest things for them was getting used to the new practices under vegan. They said he had a totally different approach in terms of scrimmages and the way he structured practice. Was that an adjustment for you as well, especially through that COVID season? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it, and it proved to be extremely useful for our team, but that whole double repping system, just, it was, it's a lot at first, you know, but, but as you can see, it just proves to help our younger guys out so much. And as a freshman, I, I wish I would have had that because you, you have no choice, but to dive into your playbook and really learn it. Cause you're going to be out there as a freshman getting meaningful reps against guys that are out there playing on Saturday on every given Saturday. And, and so the depth that we're able to create through that double rep system is just phenomenal, but it definitely, it definitely is an adjustment and it's no joke, but in terms of, you know, I don't think there's any better way of getting in football shape than playing football. You know, you can run as many hills as you want, which we do plenty of that. We got mountains out there in Montana. So, <laughs> so we get creative in our conditioning, but, but there's no better way to get in shape than to actually play football. Yeah, uh, it is different. I think because the elevation for me, I'll listen, I told you before the show, I'm from Mobile, Alabama. I went up there and just walking and or you know trying to sprint up the sidelines to get footage. Man, I was up there. I was like, I'm gonna die. Like I, no. I can't breathe. It, it's so cold. And we talked to us. We we talked to Brandon Fisher, who used to play for Montana, now coaches at Tennessee State. And he was like, "Listen, our guys aren't ready for that. We can't go play in that elevation outside." He was like, "These guys are different up north." So I love a double rep system. I think you guys saw it this year. You guys what were down to like the fifth string running back, and still yeah. were putting up. 300 yards per game had multiple quarterbacks have to go out there so shout out to coach vegan and that staff for putting that together but we got to talk about that historic run to the national championship man because i'll be honest i'll own my i'll own my misses i want i didn't know what to make of tommy at first i mckay transfers right before the playoffs i was like there's no way this team is about to run out of true freshmen and run through the playoffs i was like second round exit no way you guys proved me wrong, and I mean, we're running through people. I think that Sam Houston game put the whole world on notice, and they said something's going on in Bozeman that's different. When you look back to that season, what made that team special that to spark that historic run through the playoffs? I think I think you look at, for example, you mentioned it. You you look at Tommy's situation, right? And I feel like that's just how we had learned to approach every single week. Is you never know when your number is going to get called. You never know what's going to be expected of you and, and how big of a role you're going to play in a game. But it just it felt like everyone in that locker room was prepared to to take over and, and do just what Tommy did. And that's a testament to Tommy. That's a testament to every individual in our room, the leadership that we had and, and just the experience and how people went about their business on a day to day and week to week basis. It was, you know, Matt left. Tommy took over and nobody questioned it nobody blinked and no nobody batted an eye it was all right sweet so what now what mentality tommy's in there we trust this kid we've seen him all off season the work that he puts in and you ask anyone in that locker room and nobody would be surprised at how well he did in the playoffs and it's just it that that translates to every single individual that was in that locker room and so just using his own individual story it is just how it seemed to work out for everyone. That defensive performance I think you guys had against South Dakota State, I mean, that was one of the best performances. Because, I, I mean, they came in rolling. I mean, everyone thought they were going to be able to run the football, and you guys had some outside. I know Troy had a big game that game yourself. I mean, you guys had some absolutely huge performances. But before we get into your pro day, man, I was looking. Man, Montana State, they just won their first Big, big Sky title since about 2012. For your final season in Montana State, what did it mean to you to get that ring and be Big Sky champions? It was huge, at least to have something to show for, for a great season and 
and, and just so happy for the rest of the seniors that uh, we were able to do that with and and just a platform to to help propel the rest of those guys, the younger guys that are there that they, they've now seen how it's done. They've seen the work that goes into winning Big Sky National Championship games. And, and so to just help propel, continue to propel that program was just a great feeling. You're pro day, man. I mean, I tweeted out. I think you were you had social media going crazy. And I got to give a shout out to you because a lot of guys go to indoors and have their pro days indoors. You guys were out there in Bozeman, elements, everything, and you were still out there putting up ridiculous numbers. I think you had one of the highest RAS scores of any FCS prospect in a pro day. Talk, talk, talk me through how you prepared for that, man. And have you has have you seen your NFL interest skyrocket after that pro day performance? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's there's plenty of interest before the pro day and just communicating with teams. Hey, these are the numbers I'm going to hit. And then being like, OK, yep, we'll believe it when we see it. You know, they like the film, but being able to put those numbers to the film is always important. And it's just kind of the boxes that you need to check. Right. And so so going out there and like you said, the elements were no joke. You can see the snow in the background, 20 something degrees. But, you know, I. Basically, the rest of us at this point, we've been in Bozeman for a long time. You know, being Montana made at that point, it's just kind of it's in your blood to just go out and do that in that in those kind of conditions and not and not second guess it. And so to be able to do that um, was, was incredible. But um, just training down down in Denver. So that's how I that's how I was preparing with uh, Landau Sports Performance. Coach Augie's the man. Coach Landau, they're, they're incredible. They just have an insanely great staff down there. Very similar to Coach Sean up in Montana State. Everything's about explosiveness, speed, um, and, and, and I can't say enough good things about about them out here. So, well, man, I, shout out to them because I mean, you put on an absolute show. But looking at your game, and you're very versatile in terms of where you can line up in the secondary. Where would you say you're most comfortable at lining up in the secondary, moving on to the next level? Gosh, you know, I love playing this nickel position where you can get real creative. You can send me on blitzes. You can you can put me in man coverage. You can have me rotate to the post. You can have me do whatever. And it's been a question that a lot of teams have. And I think going out and putting up the numbers that I did at Pro Day, it's it's great on one hand. But in a, on another hand, they're like, gosh, this kid really could play in that nickel position. We also really like the idea of moving him to safety and just having that versatility is, is incredible. You can't put me into a box and that's, what's great. And it, and it adds a lot of value to my draft stock and just, just having those conversations with coaches and, and scouts is, has been a lot of fun because they see it. And I, you know, I'm, it sounds cliche, but I'm, I genuinely tell them, Hey, I can play any of the defensive back positions you need me to. And they're like, yeah, we see it. We see it on your film. We see it in the numbers you put up. And so having those conversations has been a lot of fun, but just just wherever a defense sees me and, and where I can be used to be more more the most versatile that I can be, which is just a lot of fun for me. So anywhere a defense sees me is where I'll play. I think a lot of teams love that because you never know if an injury comes about. It's great to have a guy like you on the roster where it's like we can just move him over because we know he can he can do it. So I love that. Man, so quick hitters, man, to end the interview, though, just just some some fun ones because I love this one. What was your welcome to college moment? I know we all, everybody had this moment where you're like, okay, this is different. They got me on this one, but I, I'll be prepared next time. When looking back, what would you say was your welcome to college moment on the field? Gosh, I would have to say, man, I, I don't know. I would have to say <laughs> probably probably my first practice. So I came in as an outside corner. I had only played quarterback in high school, only played quarterback, never on the defense side of the ball. 
And so I missed a comeback in my first fall camp. And, and I love all my coaches, but uh, a funny, a funny quote, my defense coordinator at the time had for me is he goes, I walked you onto this team. I'll walk you right off. If you ever miss that. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily like a player that I was playing against or in a game situation. It was more so that first, first ball camp practice ever making the transition from quarterback to outside corner, which as you could imagine could be pretty difficult, especially at the division one level and, and missing that play and having that said to me the first time I was like, Oh shoot. I think I called my parents up and told them I might be coming back home a little bit sooner than I thought. Oh, that's one of those wake up moments. You're like, okay, yep, but yep. I, I got to lock in now. But sure. man, I, you know, usually for DBs, I ask the number one mistake a wide receiver can make against you in coverage, man. But I'm watching your film, watching your game, man. You are a downhill guy, and you are not afraid to 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 take someone's head off, to say the least, man. So, what's the number one mistake one on one in the open field a running back can make against you? Oh gosh, thinking, looking at my size, thinking he's just going to run me over. I've got a wrestling background. I was an all-state wrestler. And so a lot of people, they're very surprised with my frame, how hard I can hit dudes. And so I would say, thinking you're just going to lower my shoulder and it's going to be an easy collision for you, I would say that would be the biggest mistake. I think anyone who's seen who have seen the film knows that. That's a bad choice, man, in the open field. But looking look, look at, I know DBs, listen, I, DBs get thrown under the bus on the show all the time, man. They say you guys will never stop talking on the football field, man. How big of a trash talker are you in between those white lines? Man, I'm not going to lie to you. I wish I could say I'm calm and collected out there. I love talking my fair, <laughs> fair share of trash. I, uh, I'm a big research guy too. So I'll find out a little bit of stuff about you prior to the game and I'll, I'll remind you about it. And so I, I like talking a decent amount of trash out there. You have to. You got to be the most confident people out there as a DB. So you are, I think, the third or fourth DB I've had say that. They're like, you can't be a good DB if you aren't talking because they were like, you're already at such a big disadvantage. No, it's a fact. It's it's a fact. You got to. I knew it was bad because I think it was that William and Mary game. One of your, I, I, I want to say it was Simeon that got the pick. And man, you guys took it like. 80 yards to go celebrate with the fans. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I I know they were so mad about that because I think y'all gathered up the whole defense and just took it yeah. all the way across the field. I love it. But that looking does. back to your career, man, at the FCS level, who was the best offensive player you ever faced? I would say looking back on it, the, the the I'll put it this way. The most fun matchup I had was against Rashid Shahid back in 2021. That was uh, I was basically token with, hey, you're going to you're going to guard Rashid Shahid. If he ever comes into the slot, he's your man. We're going to call man coverage and you're going to guard him. And I, it was a great game for me. Locked him down. And, and Rashid's been having a lot of success in the league. He's a hell of a player. And, and it's Weaver State's always a super fun team to play. Coach Jay Hill, he's going to do incredible things as the D.C. at BYU. Um, Weaver State's always a super fun team to play. And I thought, you know, going up against him in multiple one-on-one situations and getting the best of them was, was a really fun experience for me. And man, Todd, the last question, I know you got to get out of here, man. If an NFL franchise asks you what they are going to get, if they take you in this upcoming NFL draft, man, what do you tell them they're going to get in that player? They're going to get an extremely versatile, extremely athletic and knowledgeable player. That's just the ultimate competitor. I love to be the best at everything that I do. And they're going to get the ultimate teammate out of me inside and outside of the locker room. And, and that's exactly what you're going to get.
Man, Ty, I appreciate you so much, man. I know you're super busy right now, so I'm glad that you know we finally got to hop on the show. I know we were supposed to knock it out last season, man, but I'm glad we finally got to be able to get this done, man. But it's all about player promotion. I know you're about to head to the next level, man. So let people know where they can follow you on social media, man. Follow your journey and any messages, anything you want to say to the people, man. This time is yours. Yeah, um, Instagram, Twitter. If you just if you look up my name, I sh- it should be you know I don't have any crazy usernames. I think my my Instagram handles underscore Ty Okada, but, but I, just for the younger guys out there in high school, if you're being overlooked, under-recruited, you feel like, you feel like people are missing out on you. Just, just keep your head down and work and always live your life as you see yourself and not how others see you. That's, that's what I'd have to say. Man, I love it, man. An amazing message to, to wrap this up. But, guys, make sure to go follow Ty on all social media, man. He's going to be playing at the next level very, very soon. But, guys, stay tuned for more content right here on the Blue Bloods. But for Ty, myself, and the Blue Bloods, guys, we are out for right now.